The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What do you see ahead for Ryan Huska's crew here? Well, it's going to be tough. They're in a tough hole, and they're going to have to play, you know, geez, 650 or 670 or above that to finish the season to get in a wild card spot. Uh, they're they're finding a way to win by playing the right way, the way Ryan wants them to play. They work hard. We'll see. It's it's a tough road ahead. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. It absolutely is. <clears throat> it's episode number 1151 of your favorite daytime sports talk show coming your way on the Game Plus television network. We're on the radio in Atlanta, WQEE, and podcast and streaming form. I'm here, as you can see or hear the rustle in the trees. Moose is in Toronto. And Moose, I have just one request of you and all of the audience today. Are you ready for it? Just one request. Okay. I am in a fantastic mood. You probably could figure that out from our few moments of rambling before we went to air. Please don't ruin it, people. Please don't ruin it. I'm we'll do our best. Go. Things are awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about you at all. But there are certain people that I'm worried about, so I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. Please don't ruin Rod's great mood. Coming up on the program today, Luke Gazdick, NHL veteran from the Mitsoff podcast and Sportsnet's NHL coverage. And uh, that's in hour one. In hour two, the reigning coach of the year of the Western Hockey League, Brennan Sonny of the Saskatoon Blades, first place team in the Eastern Conference, pride of Maple Ridge, B.C. Lots of talk to Brennan Sonny about he's such a good guy. And obviously a tremendous hockey coach. So there's going to be a lot of hockey, but I got some football in here too. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? <laughs> How about that? I want to tell you. I want to tell you a big reason why. Before we get into all of the stuff that all the other shows are talking about, which I'll give you the roadmap. Leafs won last night. Kudos to the Leafs Nation. We'll talk about that game and what it means. Um, I have some funny things to get to. The NFL coaching carousel. All the talk here is Bills Dolphins on Sunday. That's all anybody's talking about here. Who's going to win? What does it mean? Are you going? Tyreek Hill's house went up in a blaze. World Juniors, NHL tonight, top five, bottom five. So that's a lot of what we're going to get to here. But I want to tell you, as you saw on my social media channels, Derek, I spent a good chunk of Wednesday with Peter Worrell, the six foot seven fighter. Uh, Florida Panthers, great. He was a great because the fans loved him. We do this Panthers podcast and I put it out to the Panthers fans. Who would you like to see the most on this show? And running away with it was Peter Worrell. And it took until January. We've been doing the show four months, but it took until January for us to get him. And here's what I loved about it. We all remember Peter Worrell. Oh, yeah. But we talked junior hockey. It's the junior hockey stories. We say this in the recovery business. When you connect with somebody in the recovery world where we're empaths and we, we align that way, it, you could talk for hours. It was the same thing with Peter Worrell. Yeah, he's six foot seven. He's from Montreal. He comes out of the queue. Doesn't matter. We're still hockey guys. And you being born in 1987 and Clark in 91, you don't really remember a time before internet. 
So he talked about playing in the Memorial Cup in 1996, in, uh, 95 in Kamloops, and 97 in Hull. <laughs> so, Darren, he was on the top line of Hull, Peter Worrell. The point that I'm getting to is he was playing pretty well, but he wasn't on the top line. And once they won the queue, they're going out to Kamloops to play in the Memor. And the coach, I think it was Claude Julien, says, congrats, Peter, you're going to play on the left wing of the top line. He's like, yeah, I deserve it. Yes, I'm that good. Get to the Memorial Cup. And congratulations, you're matching up against the Kamloops Blazers, Nat Dama, Kelly, Jerome McGinley, Shane Doan. Good luck. Oh, no. And I think he said they got, got their ass handed to him 13-1 in the first game. And that was pre-internet. I kind of wonder now why we have scouts. Why do we even need them? Because back then, we would have scouts at the game. You would have detailed scouting reports at every player. Now you don't need it because we have the internet. You're watching all the games. You have all the analytics. You have all the stats. You know, and it was just fun talking about that. And then we got into the, I, I don't want to scoop myself because the podcast will drop later today. As a matter of fact, it might have already. But Peter Worrell, it was just awesome. And this South Florida hockey community is so fantastic. I love them so much. And I cannot tell you how well we've been treated. I'm so grateful for I love it. As Arnie Jackson said today from Calgary, you know Arnie Jackson, the legendary Chuck Wagon announcer. He says, Rod, you've found your niche. And I'm like, yes, I have. It feels real good. Now, on to the Leafs. Austin Matthews, point two, scored just over two minutes into overtime, and the Toronto Maple Leafs rallied for a 2-1 victory over the Anaheim Ducks. Wednesday night, squeaking by after taking 57 shots on goal. Martin Jones made 27 saves in his second shutout performance in two nights after earning the shutout over L.A. on Tuesday. Johnny Tavares scored with just under six minutes to go to send the game to overtime. Delivered his 30th of the season in OT to beat Ducks goalie Lucas Dostal. There was one, only one other game. I want to mention this. Nico Heischer, Dawson Mercer, and Michael McLeod all scored two goals each, and the Devils spanked the Capitals 6-3. Did you stay up? Are you, have you become that Torontonian now? You stayed up to watch the Leafs out on the West Coast? Yeah, I did, and I was actually pretty grateful. It was a 9 p.m. Eastern start, not 10.30 mm. like it was um, the night before, Tuesday night in Los Angeles. You know what? Again, the Leafs started on time, but the difference is, they got goalied a little bit. Lucas Dosto played really well. I mean, what did you say? 57 saves was the final number there. And it took right until the final few minutes, uh, late in that third period, late, late in that third period for the Leafs to finally break through. And that's the one thing that frustrates Leaf fans is, I mean, the shots were, you know, 14 to 5 out the gate. They were 28 to 10, you know, in the second period. And yet it was, they didn't score. That's a little frustrating. but. Good goaltending from Anaheim. That's how they're going to win some games. And they never quit. I thought there was a moment where the Leafs were going to say, it's not happening tonight, and just kind of fold it in in the third. They didn't. They scored. They ended up winning in overtime and all as well. But what an effort by that young goaltender. I appreciate all those that have showed up on time and those that are just a smidge late for your favorite daytime sports talk show. Allie has checked in from Texas. She says, happy Thursday, RP and squad. Back from my holiday hiatus. Back to reality, LOL. Hope everyone had a good holiday season. We did, Allie. Thank you, and thanks for checking in. And we are talking hockey today. We're going to come around to football in a bit. Um, it is January, after all, and it is Canada's favorite daytime sports talk show. Um, I'll only say this about the Leafs. few things. And, and <laughs> I've realized this comes with age. I was doing my expenses for the month of December, 
and certain people will get this, a lot won't, but that doesn't matter. I got charged for a senior's movie ticket. Senior. And I'm so excited about it. I'm so happy. And you won't understand why I would be happy about that. Because at your age, nobody wants to be thought of as a senior. I love it. You get cheap deals. You got no stress. Everything's fantastic. Why was that my point? I have it written down here. Um, <laughs> uh, with <laughs> Seniors moment. With the Leafs, here's why I, I, I don't hate the Leafs. I, I, and I think people understand I don't hate the Leafs. I just wish their fans would dial it back quite a bit. And that's also never going to happen, but that's Ryder fans, us Cowboy fans, you know, Yankees fans. That's just what happens with those, what do you call it, historic franchises. Their fan bases yeah. are nuts. But I see with Austin Matthews, yeah, it's age. I knew if I talked long enough, it would come. Now I understand why my thing is, I just, let's get to the playoffs and we'll talk then. That's not necessarily right, but everybody runs around with a minute-to-minute, game-by-game minutiae or shift-to-shift analysis of the teams or the, the, the football teams, the play-by-play. And that, while that is how you win games, you can't freak out just because a guy had an off month or had an off shift. Like, look at Austin Matthews. He's had 30 goals now for eight straight seasons. He's been in the NHL eight seasons. It's a very select club of guys that have done that, especially Americans. I go back and look at the list. You would know the names. Mike Medano, I think Neil Broughton did it. I was a little surprised to see Keith Kachuk on that list. And he's still going strong. But in the first half of the season, Serena was one of the ones saying Austin Matthews has been bad. He hasn't even been the best Leaf. And I, I never even stopped to think about whether he was having a bad season or not. Because he'll be fine. He's a great player on a great team. Maybe he did have a bit of a slow start. But look what he's doing now. Scoring winning goals and the Leafs are turning the corner. But nobody in Toronto would stop and think about that. You know what I mean? I think it comes a little bit with age. Just patience, man. You can't win the marathon in a month. And, you know, that's, that's, that's my viewpoint on things. Uh, and I think it does come with age to a lot of degrees. Like, you heard the Matthews criticism. Of course you did. You're in Toronto. Did you buy into it at the time? Not at the t- I mean, <clears throat> a little bit because, you know, he had that great start. And then there was the lull. There was a little lull there. And you started wondering, okay, was that just a hot start? Is he done? You know, where is he going to go? Like, where is the season going to go? And then he picked up and got hot again. Now he's got 30 goals and he's on pace for 70 this year. You know, you do have to pull back. Yeah. And that's great advice. Like, you say it's a seniors thing, it's an experience thing where you can pull back and say, okay, we're not going to judge the whole picture based on one small sample size. We need to see more and have a little bit of patience. So I think that's great. And on the seniors movie tickets, there was a few of us. We tried doing that when we were, we were young, uh, buying the seniors ticket and see if they would notice at the check counter, you know, at the counter. And uh, did it once. No problem. I don't know if we ever did it a second time, though. No, no, but here's the thing. I thought about that. I was like, how did I buy that ticket? No, it was a lovely young gal sold me the ticket. She clearly thought that I'm a senior, which incidentally, I'm not. But at the Golden Corral, you only got to be 55. I'm 51. Like, we're getting there. Serena can't wait either. She's like, we'll be eligible for cheaper housing in cheaper communities. 
hurry up and become a senior. Now, that's, it doesn't bother me at all. And I, I do laugh when I see people on social media whining about getting another year older or maybe gaining another wrinkle or a gray hair. I'm like, you son of a... Growing older is a gift. You should be grateful for it, not complain about it. I can't believe it. it. says so much about the type of people that are saying those types of things. <clears throat> Anyways, thank you, John in Edmonton. He says, Rod, you're not a day over 30, my friend. Well, I certainly don't feel it. Feel younger now than when I was a teen. Uh, 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 Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, says, uh, Darren's on to something there. In grade 12, you are a senior <laughs> of high school. Yeah, so we won't tell that Darren snuck his way into the movie theater. We won't tell anybody that and broke the law. Um, <laughs> as we move along, 902-518-3033 is the Sober Carpenter text line. We've got some new sponsors to announce today that I'm pretty excited about, too. Hang on to that. That's, that's coming up. 902-518-3033, the Sober Carpenter text line. Sober Carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beers. Ask for them by name at your local wine, beer, and spirits store. Well, well, yeah, let me jump into the poll question just for a second. The poll question today while we're on the hockey topic is for Key Auto Group. Key Auto Group is driven by safety, experience peace of mind with our comprehensive multi-point inspections. Visit keyautogroup.ca for automotive excellence. The question is, are you still watching the World Juniors with Canada out? That's a no from me, dog. No. And now... I feel bad because I have it on in the house only because Serena's watching it. If you can believe she's that gal. Reminds me of my mom watching every CFL game. Serena watches every World Juniors game. And she was all studied up going into this tournament. She's watching it all. I only have it on in the house. But if it was up to me, it would be a no. And on Twitter, 54% of the audience saying no, they're not watching it. Jeff in Winnipeg says, great poll question. Yes, I'm still watching. Always have, no matter if Canada's in or not. I'm invested in the future NHL players like Jets draft pick Rutger McGrory. Uh, Moose, yes or no from you? Are you still watching the World Jays even though Canada isn't in it? It's a yes for me because I got on the Sweden bandwagon. So I was watching their game, their win, tight into the third period, and they pulled out a win. So Sweden will play for gold. I'll watch the gold medal game. Here's another thing for the people that actually are on... Whatever mental level I'm on, it might be high, it might be low, it might be in the middle, but it's different from everybody else. I'm not sure where it is, but Peter Worrell yesterday in the interview, we were asking him about how being tough, you know, and who, <laughs> again, I don't want to scoop myself. It was an unbelievable episode, probably my favorite Cats and Bolts podcast we've done, but Serena said, who's the toughest guy I ever fought? And he said, Tony Twist grabbed me and spun me around like a top. He's 6'7", 245. Tony Twist grabbed him and spun him around. <laughs> He's like, nobody had ever done that before. But he goes, he goes, that's not tough. This is what's tough. Playing with Joe Sackick in Colorado. Joe Sackick, the pressure on him knowing that if he has a bad game, Johnny and Martha and their kids that spent all that money on the tickets are going to go home disappointed and be mad at him. And if he has a bad month or curses two bad months, the season's up in smoke. He's like, I can have a bad game. Nobody cares. I barely saw the ice. Joe Sackick can't. That's pressure. Every single night, he needs to be at his best. That's tough. Then he looked at us like, are you following along? And we're just like, we, <laughs> we just loved the interview with him. It was so great. Uh, in the minute we have left here, a couple things that are going on in the football world. Obviously, 
two things. If your team's in it, you're excited. Miami-Buffalo this weekend, uh, there's a big uproar that there's going to be more Bills fans in the stadium than Dolphins fans in Miami. And Dolphins season ticket holders are getting admonished for selling their tickets to Bills fans in the biggest game of the year that'll decide the division going into the playoffs. And I'm like, I used to be the guy that would worry what people thought about that. Now I don't care. I, get, I think we all know that. And I don't think you care either. It's business. If you can make up your entire season ticket fee on one game to a Bills fan, of course you're going to sell it. What the hell's wrong with that? But that's, that's, Darren, that's part of the discussion that's going on here right now. Would that surprise you? No, it wouldn't. And I get it. <clears throat> and also, you know, you're feeling maybe not quite so good about the Dolphins kind of limping their way in and may end up in a wild card spot here if they don't win on the weekend. But this is the game of the week. It is the game of the week. I went through the list and maybe we got to bring it. I got to find it and bring it up next uh, segment or next hour. But all the quarterbacks that are going to play this week, they're all names that we've heard of that were starters five, six years ago because it's, it's kind of a throwaway week. But there are still 20 teams that are, that are still eligible to win the Super Bowl, still alive. This is the biggest game of the week. So uh, South Florida is a fun place to be right now. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the coaching carousel and who is the odds-on favorite to be fired first come Black Monday. And then as the show goes along, we'll talk about the NHL tonight's games. There are 13. What's the game of the night? Our NHL top five, bottom five is going to surprise a lot of you. So that's all on the way. We'll be right back after this brief pause. We're only a couple points into the quick six show topics in the warm-up on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Need a champion for your charity event? An all-star for your seminar? How about an Olympian to give a winning keynote speech? EMJ Marketing is the place to go. EMJ Marketing is one of Canada's top speaker bureaus with some of Canada's most recognizable athletes and entertainers on their roster. EMJ also represents a wide range of impactful keynote speakers and MCs. So whether you need to fill a spot on stage or someone to arrange the entire event, do it with one stop, EMJ Marketing. Take the first step to success for your next event. Visit emjmarketing.com. Hey, everybody. We mentioned that we got some new sponsors, and one of those is Telemiracle. That's right, Saskatchewan's charity. The online 50-50 is live, and you can buy your tickets now at telemiracle5050.com. All you got to do is be over 18 years of age and physically in the wonderful province of Saskatchewan to buy those tickets. And the tickets are on sale until February 23rd at 4 p.m. Sask time. Winner gets half the final jackpot total. All proceeds to Telemiracle 48, supporting Saskatchewan charity. Visit telemiracle.com to learn how the Kinsman Foundation is helping people every day in Saskatchewan to improve their independence and quality of life. I'm so excited to be able to say that and have them back for another year and support Saskatchewan's charity. We got some good stuff here. Good stuff. Let's bring the moose in. I told you I'm in a good mood. So far, nobody's ruined it. Let's, let's keep the streak going. Uh, and before we jump into the topics, more topics, just on the World Jays, uh, Sweden defeated Cheshire 5-2 in a semifinal this morning. 
the poll question, you don't need to put up the graphic, guys. We did once already this hour. But uh, is are you still watching the World Juniors with Canada out? For me, it's a no. Uh, but it was on in the house here. Sweden beating Chessia 5-2 in the one game. And then shortly, Finland will be taking to the ice against USA. And it's fun. Hey, cheer for whoever you want. I don't care. The guy wrote in here yesterday and said, as long as USA has a chance to still lose and be eliminated, I'll be watching. And I'm like, you do you, bro. I've never been that guy. But whatever your reasons are, cool that you're watching. John in Edmonton writes in and says, uh, why do you think fans are sending hurtful messages to the boys on Team Canada? Why do I think? Because I know hurting people hurt people. There's a difference between me saying Canada blew it at the World Juniors by coming home without a medal. That's not sending hurtful messages. We kind of covered this earlier, and we certainly covered it yesterday. But why do people send, why do people bully? Why do they do these things? There's something wrong with them. I, I thought about this a lot when Ethan Bear was putting up with racial messages from Oilers fans back in the day. There's something wrong with them. Talked to Peter Worrell about it yesterday. When he, he said the worst racial taunts and abuse that he, that he suffered was in junior. We all heard about what went on in the NHL. He said it was worse in junior. And Claude Julien and the leaders of that whole Olympic team sat him down and said, this isn't right behavior. It's wrong. It's not, nothing to do with you. It's no different than what's going on in these hurtful things being said to the Canadian kids. People are whack jobs. That's why. I don't really need your opinion on it, Darren, but I'll ask for it anyways. Why do you think people are sending hurtful messages to the members of Team Canada? I just can't understand that at all. You know, I just can't. And I see, not from the World Juniors here, but I see it all the time, people screenshotting their DMs. Um, when people come into their DMs with hurtful and mean and disrespectful messages. And it's just, like, I just don't understand you know, how a person can be wired in a way that they think that that's okay to go into somebody's messages and blast them. But I also don't know the pain that somebody else is going through, right? I can't, you know, claim to be understanding of what's going on in your mind or the next person's mind and know what they're going through that puts them in a state that lets them think that this is okay. But you're right. When you say hurting people hurt people, um, it's just not, none of that's acceptable. So I feel bad for the players that are getting singled out. Well, I, I hope that they're getting proper counseling. I mean, we're getting off topic, but I think this is good stuff. This is what we do on The View for sports fans here, everybody. I remember when Willie Desjardins, the former head coach, was it Willie? No, it was Mark Lamb, former Edmonton Oiler when he was coaching the Swift Current Broncos, called a news conference to ask the fans to lay off his players on social media. And I felt like calling him up and going, Lammer, that's never going to happen. Counsel your players and make them realize that what's being said to them should bounce off of them, right? But the, but, but the teams don't do that. It would be nice no. if they did. But you mentioned, you're like, Darren, of course you wouldn't get it. You've never hurt a person in your life. You have, that's not, you don't have it in you. So you wouldn't get it either, you know? Um, so there's your answer, John. I don't want to go too far down that road, but John Schmeiser in Kansas City says, I always amazed at the pressure we put on these kids. When they win, it's expected. When they lose, we act like the world's coming to an end. They deserve better. From BW in Edmonton, he says, millennial keyboard warriors think they can be tough on the peanut gallery against the Canadian boys. Grow some balls. Or get out of the arena. Well, number one, don't say they don't paint it all on millennials. Some of the most bitter, horrible people I know are not millennials. <laughs> and, uh, 
don't draw that broad paintbrush stroke. Hate wasn't invented by social media. It just brought it to the fore. It's always been around. Yeah, I, I, I want to move on. That was the question from John in Edmonton, and I get it. Uh, Jeff in Winnipeg says, if people are that bent out of shape about Team Canada like that, they need to sell their TV and delete all their social media. Maybe go live off the grid or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could sit and do two hours on this. I say that all the time. If your sports team doesn't have to just be Team Canada, it could be the Dolphins, could be the Leafs, could be your local senior team. If you're going to become unhinged because they lost a game, look in the mirror. I don't see it as similar as to what I was saying that Canada blew it at the World Juniors. I don't. I'll say it again. Canada did not play their best. Some guy wrote into our show account and said, well, you, you, if hockey's not your thing, maybe shut up. But Canada played great for 40 minutes and scored on themselves and had a bad break. 40 minutes? Last I checked, the game was 60. Like, what are, we, what are we talking about here? We took a period off, but that's what I'm talking about. It's not just a hockey tournament where we're all having hot chocolates after the game and going to a movie. It's the world's most famous hockey tournament, and it's a business. So there are expectations, and it's not okay to fail, or at the very least, Expect some criticism if you do come home without a medal. All right. I've had enough of that. Have you? Yeah, I'm sure you have. Um, <laughs> to, the, uh, to, to the football thing. Listen, tomorrow's football Friday. We're going to spend way more time then on football. But there was, I love this. Like, America is so much different from Canada in a million ways. I used to think that 49th parallel was just a virtual line, you know, in my atlas, if anybody knows what that is. But no, it might as well be a 12-foot high wall because the people are so different, especially the media. USA Today came out with their hot seat rankings. Who's the most likely to get fired come Monday? Who do you think, Darren? You follow the NFL very closely. Who do you think would be their number one power ranking coach to be fired in the NFL? And you might be a little surprised at who's number two. I was, but who do you think is number one? Bill Belichick. He's number two. He's number two. Okay. That surprised me a little bit. Number one's Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron Rivera of the Washington Cap, uh, Commanders. And to be honest, <clears throat> I was a little surprised when they said he's 62. Feels like he's been around forever. To me, 62 doesn't feel that old anymore. But Riverboat Ron is number one. Bill Belichick is number two. Number three is the Falcons, Arthur Smith. And number four is the Saints, Dennis Allen. And I find that kind of funny because... Two of those coaches reside in the NFC South. So it was like, whoever didn't win that bad division is going to get fired, which I, which I get. You know, the more time I spend down here, I understand even more the pressure. And it's not much better in hockey, but football's worse, which is a whole other topic. But Rivera, number one, Bill Belichick, number two, which is another thing. I was talking to Johnny O about this at the gym not that long ago. Johnny O, he is that guy. Speaking of 62, ripped. Ripped. He's from Boston. I thought he almost pulled a vocal cord one time, Johnny O, when he said, Boston, Garden, Garden. That's how he talks. <laughs> and I said, what do you think of a Belichick should go, huh? He's like, you don't fire a guy like that, Rod. You don't fire a guy like that. He won six Super Bowls. You, you just, you have a conversation. I'm like, well, 
however you want to do it, he's got to go. <laughs> if he wants to stand up there and say he's quitting, oh, man, am I going down. Yeah, everything is lighting up here. It's weird. No ADD today, but still annoying and arrogant. Belichick, somebody said, is 71. I'd have to look it up. But somebody said Belichick's 71. Does that sound right? It does, um, that he'd be close to 70 anyway. And the other one is Pete Carroll in Seattle, I think, is, in a, is over 72. Right? Yeah. Pete's always been the oldest in the NFL and looks the youngest, but by age, he is the oldest. But with Belichick, Bart Scott was saying this morning on ESPN, if you watched it, that nobody knows how much Belichick makes. Because he's the coach and the GM, it's hidden. He thinketh throughout the dollar figure of thirty million. The guy does not need to work. And I guess somebody sat down with Belichick and said, "Bill, come on, maybe retire." And uh, he said, "This is what this is what I do." So we can't really get inside his head, or you should never try to really get inside anybody else's head because you can't figure it out. But he'll. Coach until the day he dies. That's his choice. I, I think I heard that his marriage broke up. Most recent marriage broke up this season. I had one coach say to me one time, you can always get another wife. There's only one sport of football. And I was like, oh, whoo, okay. That's how they look at it. And having said that, though, you wouldn't believe how many guys there are down here in Florida. And I'm not going to say them by name on the air. I'll tell you later off the air if you want. You don't know who they, they, they took their millions and just moved to Florida. Bye. And you're never going to hear from them again. And again, I'll tell you later, if you thought real hard, you would know who they were. But with the millions now in coaching in both college and NFL, they can do it. I mean, one guy specifically said he's got 40 million in the bank. I'm not working again. I don't even think he's 40 years old. Right around there. Coaching camps, taking his kid to school. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. that. I don't see anything wrong with that. There's a lot of those guys. And if I said their names, you'd know everyone. But because they went under the radar, you don't know who they are. Does that surprise you or not? Because that surprised me a little bit. Surprises me enough to, to the point where, you know, I know these football guys and hockey guys too, that they want to be in the game. They're not really in the game for the money. So it's just like they can't handle being out of the game and not winning or going out, you know, being fired or whatever and not winning and just taking the paycheck. It wasn't about I'm going to coach to get rich and then I'm done coaching. You coach to win. So that's the only part that surprises me. But they've got more than enough money that they would easily never have to work. Again. Well, I'll give you one name, okay? Uh, LSU, former LSU coach Ed Orgeron. They just won the national championship not that long ago. And the only reason I bring up Ed's name is because when I was in New Orleans having supper or lunch with the Estes, the former D-line coach of the Riders, Ron Estes and his wife, Debbie, and her brother, Scott, and Serena was with me. I said, whatever happened to Ed uh, Orja, Orja, or and Debbie jumps in. She's like, Orgeron, that's Ron's cousin. He went to Florida. He went down there with some gal, took his money. We haven't heard from him. <laughs> if you're Ed Orgeron, fired. You got tens of millions of a buyout from the tiger, the LSU Tigers. Bye. So that's one. Have you thought of Ed Orgeron since he left LSU? Have you? No. This is the first time I've, that name's even crossed my mind. 
Right. And she is like, that's Ron's cousin. Right. So that's the football world. And that's the world that I'm immersed in here. And it's fascinating as hell. Anyways, I'll see you in an hour or two. See you then. We'll get back to the hockey topics right after this when we return with Luke Gazdick from the Mitts Off podcast and Sportsnet's NHL coverage. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Are you struggling in life, perhaps feeling hopeless, or even battling an addiction that's taking your life down the drain? It's time you made the decision to stop the struggle and contact Peterson Recovery. Hi, Rod Peterson here, and I've been a licensed recovery coach since 2017, helping athletes, entertainers, and soldiers get their lives back and go on to lead a happy life. Now, I'd like to help you. Mental health is real, and sometimes all it takes is some guidance from someone who's been there. Follow Peterson Recovery on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and DM me or email petersonrecovery at AOL.com. It's never too late. Bringing in Luke Gazdick right away. I just want to uh, let him know what we've been talking about today regarding Canada coming home without a medal at the World Jays. Herb in Melville writes in, he says, adults need to grow up and get off social media. Tomorrow, next year, it's another day. Life goes on. Unbelievable. Glenn in Moose Jaw. Oh, Regina, he says, you were not bullying by saying the junior men's did not play their best, Rod. Not sure it was the level of the talent on the team. I think it was some coaching decisions and bad bounces. And our poll question is, are you even watching anymore with Canada out? Will Finn Steinbach, Manitoba, writes in. He says, I will only check the highlights now that Canada's out. Do Canada's coaches bear any responsibilities? Let's start there with Luke Gazdick. He's a Toronto boy, played in Erie, and in the show with the Orders and Devils. We start there, Luke, with people being too hard on Canada, with the players. What's your take on them coming home after losing out in the quarterfinal? Yeah, I think people are always generally too hard on kids that young. I mean, it's disappointing anytime they don't even reach the medal stage. I think that's the biggest disappointing part of it all. But let's be serious. That's not even the best team that they had. The guy, If we had every single player that Canada had to offer, we're looking at probably a different result. But even going into that, I you know, knowing some people that are a lot more fluent than me in the conversation, uh, Sam Cosentino, one of my partners at Sportsnet and the people we bring on this team probably wasn't as skilled as the U S and Sweden, and they were going to have to grind it down a little more. I think a lot of people expected them, myself included, expected them to go a little farther than the quarters. It's disappointing. We didn't meddle, but and for people to be being as hard as they are on the kids at that age, a little irresponsible in, in, in my view. Uh, disappointing anytime we can't come home with metal. Cool. Hey, from the audience, I got my questions, but theirs are always more fun. Allie in Texarkana, she remembers you from Austin days. She says, I love when Luke is on the show. You have a fun Austin, <laughs> Texas story from your time with the Texas Stars? Something real quick. Well, I'm still the all-time penalty minute and fight leader with the Texas Stars. So I started my career there. 
Started my career there, four years, 19 to 22 age. Uh, some of my fondest memories were made in Cedar Park, Texas. It is a grand town. From BW in Edmonton says, pardon me, Luke, who was the toughest hockey fighter you faced and hardest body checker? Oh, good questions. The fighter part, I've never felt, still to the day, anyone as strong as Brian McGratton. And I fought him my first battle of Alberta in Calgary, center ice at the Saddle Dome. And when he grabbed onto my collar, I had never felt something like that in my life. He just, he had this ability to move me around uh, it, anywhere he wanted to go. And I remember just having an internal dialogue, just kind of hang in here, breathe, breathe, stay in there. Uh, but there was nobody like Big Earn, I'll tell you that much. Uh, hitter. Those are the ooh, best. That, yeah. But Dustin Bufflin, anyone that has seen the YouTube clip of me get hit by Dustin Bufflin and I did a full 180, there was nobody like him in hockey, especially when he got moving. And when I tried to hit him multiple times, it was just like bouncing off a brick wall. How many fights were you in, Luke, all time? Do you know? Do you have a stat on that? 176 all time. Okay, well, that's a lot. So, have you ever seen this? I was talking <laughs> with Tim Hunter. He said the hardest, the hardest he ever got hit was Nick Fatiu in MSG New York Rays. And he hit him right in his forehead and shattered his helmet in half. And I've been hearing lately a lot of that happening. Do you ever see that happen? You ever had that happen to you? <laughs> nothing, nothing that crazy. I took some, some uh, big ones over my career. Uh, I almost had my rib broken that same year. Uh, Milan Lucic, I, uh, I squared up with him in, in Edmonton. And you always expect the punches to go over the top. And he came underneath and hit me with a body shot in the ribs. And oh, man, I, I had to take a couple seconds to make sure I still had my breath there. <laughs> gotcha. Well, hey, I'm glad. I'm always glad to have you on. And you mentioned the Battle of Alberta. They're starting to talk about them in Alberta. Upcoming battles of Alberta in the second half. Orders and flames. And we had our poll question yesterday was, who's going to make it? Both Alberta teams? Neither? Or orders or flame. They're all thinking the orders will make it, and they're all thinking the flames will miss. Are you going along with that? What What do you think about Alberta's NHL teams? Yeah, I think the Oilers is a non-negotiable for them. I think they're one point out now. They have a bunch of games in hand on Nashville, playing some of the best hockey that we've seen them play this year, if not the best. Calgary is just such an interesting situation for me because I think with all those guys in the lineup and the, with the way they play, I'll give them a lot of credit, Rod. They work and they compete and they battle. Ryan Huska has instilled a pretty good culture there so far this year where guys really do work. They just don't always work smart and efficiently. And they have the goaltender, but I just long-term, those guys that are going to be UFAs, I don't see a couple of them re-signing. So you have to move them for assets. And that's the thing is once you lose those three big contracts, your team looks completely different. Uh, I don't see them being a playoff team, but yeah, I'll, I'll give them credit. They've, I think they've performed better than I, I thought they were actually going to this year. Well, what are you seeing slash hearing whether the Flames are going to do that? They haven't. What makes us think this will be the year that they finally offload those guys? 
Yeah, and I don't claim to be an expert uh, insider. I'm, you know, I like to lean on more of the analysis side, but I just, I, I look at the big picture and you have some young players that have come up and really performed. I, I would think that Dustin Wolf is the goalie of the future. And I think that makes Jacob Markstrom expendable. Uh, I look at a guy like Noah Hannafin and a guy like Elias Lindholm. I just think, from being a player and and understanding guys on expiring deals, I really truly think that if they wanted to play there, they would have signed already. That's my thought uh, on on the, the whole thing. Is if you're willing to drag it out this long, then there's probably something in the water that's saying, you know, maybe I don't want to be here long term. I think Hannafin's gone for sure. Um, Lynn Holm, it's looking more and more like he doesn't want to sign long term. If I if I was the Flames and Craig Conroy, I would be doing everything to sign Chris Tanov. I don't care about the injury concern and and the longevity. I think he's such a good veteran. I think he's such a good personality to have there, even if you're rebuilding. Uh, but the two aforementioned guys, I think, are probably on their way out, and I don't know when. I. I I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how Craig Conroy plays this. Last one, and I could talk about this with you forever, but you and I have talked about the Blackhawks, and now you have an issue with their history. But look what they did. They said, we're going through a rebuild. This was Stan Bowman. He's long gone now. But you remember, Kane and Taves said, we don't want to be part of this. Stan was like, see ya. We got to do it. And now look where they are. They're down that road. It's painful, but you got to go down that road. Don't you think? Yeah, I really do. I just see so many teams kind of like the Flames that are in this in-between, one foot in, one foot out. Nashville reminds me of that in a way where you go out and spend all this money on some great veterans in Luke Shen and Ryan O'Reilly, but I just don't know what you're, what you're doing. What are you trying to accomplish here? Are you just, is making the playoffs just good enough? Uh, and I kind of have to respect teams like the, the Hawks and even more point the sharks too will probably end up dealing some of those where they're going all in on this full rebuild let's get ourselves some good draft picks you know maybe sign a couple good vets that can help these guys out along but there's got to be a little bit of darkness before the dawn here and uh i just feel like so many teams get caught in this in and out mentality that really just puts your team further behind the eight ball in the future you gotta die before you can live Put it on my tombstone. Good stuff, Luke. I always enjoy your analysis. Obviously, our viewers do, too. Thanks, man. All the best in 2024. Always a pleasure, Rod. Thanks. Sportsnet's Luke Gazdick uh, from the Mitts Off podcast. We'll be coming right back with a sports update and audience takeover. Brendan Sonny of the Blades coming up in hour two. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. One rolls on of your favorite daytime sports talk show. A special shout out. Name another show that does this. Recognizes its viewers and listeners. Michael Wynn from Ice Time Sports in Winnipeg watches this like he does every day. And he writes me on Twitter. He says, man, I used to yell F-bombs at Luke Gazdick. 
because he'd get under the jet skin. But man, what a nice guy. I feel bad for yelling at him. Ah, uh, don't. He, he, he'll say he was just doing his job, but he is a nice guy. And I'll say it again, that interview that we did yesterday for the Cats and Bolts podcast, the one that we do on the Panthers and Lightning with Peter Worrell, not that I didn't think he was a nice guy, but I came out of that really thinking he's a nice guy. Peter Worrell, the six foot seven Panthers fan favorite. And had those junior hockey stories from his time in Hull and the Memorial Cups and Kamloops and Hull. Oh, my God. Love it. Put it in my veins. The fighters are the nicest guys. It's always been the way. Okay, we got some sports breaking news. How about this? Hey. A fire at the 7 million moment by Miami receiver Tiger Kill was started by a child playing with a cigarette lighter in a bedroom. A fire official said today. It was an accidental fire, said Davy Fire Marshal Robert Taylor. He told the Associated Press. Tyreek Hill was at the Dolphins' practice for the upcoming regular season finale against the Bills when the fire broke out. He left practice when he got word about the fire. The house is located in Southwest Ranches, which is about 30 miles northwest of Miami. Nowhere near here. But did you see the video and the photos? Half the and I'm talking mansion, like South Fork. For the show Dallas, half gone. Kid playing with a lighter. Meanwhile, Sweden will play for gold on home soil at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Jonathan Lakaramaki scored the winner on a power play in the third period before adding an insurance goal as the tournament host defeated Cheshire 5-2 in the first of two semifinals today. The Vancouver Canucks prospect blasted a one-timer pass to Czech goalie Michael Rabel on Sweden's first power play of the afternoon at 5-14 to snap a 2-2 tie. Sweden moving on to the gold medal final. And I was sitting with Sammy Cosentino. Funny, funny that Luke would bring him up. I was sitting with him the other night at the Panthers game. And it was against the Rangers. And Mika Zibanejad was buzzing around on the ice. He's like, there's your boy, Rod. And what he was referring to was Mika Zibanejad scoring in overtime. And Sweden won the gold medal at the 2012 World Juniors. Sammy and I called it on the Sportsnet Radio Network. And that was their only gold medal in 30 years. I think I said, and the 30th time is the charm. Now they're going for their second. Now, good for them. Sports Update is brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca and also brought to you by Landmark Cinemas, where I'm recognized as a senior. Spicy. In now, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. When an ancient power reached Aquaman forged giants with Atlantis and Reversible Devastation, starring Ben Affleck, Jason Momoa, Dolph Lundgren, and Nicole Kidman. Well, I would say that we sufficiently, in hour one, covered last night's NHL games and uh, whatever topics carried over into today. Text lines humming, 902-518-3033. It's brought to you by Sober Carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beers. We'll address those comments and questions when we come back in hour two when the Moose rejoins. We'll talk about tonight's 13-game NHL slate. we got to come up with a fun name for that Bet Regal thing. Who do who you think is going to win for Bet Regal? It's too long. 
Our NHL top five, bottom fives on the way. And whatever you'd like to talk about in Brennan Sonny of the Blades after this brief pause on Game Plus and Key Radio. Approved. 